Welcome to the Red Dove Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Blue. And we're joined tonight with our friend, Rainy. Hi, Rainy. Hi. Hi, Liz. Hi, Blue. Thank you hey, Rainy. Hey. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for uh, having me. This is awesome. Oh, I yeah. Do love- is it November 4th or is it November? It's November 5th. And uh, for some... 392. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing Rainy? I I'm having kind of a hard time to be totally honest I'm I'm having a hard time my energy level is low um my my faith in my fellow American is very low um mm. you know it just doesn't it doesn't feel good it doesn't feel good what you're watching you know, maybe I need to stay off of Facebook. Um, but then also maybe I need to see what's on Facebook as well. Um, you know, I think no matter what happens, there's going to be a reckoning. And I think that's the scariest thing about all of this. But also, I think it's necessary. You know, I've been saying for the last few years that we are, we are encroaching upon a new civil war. And I think that, you know, we're getting there. You know, I think that the country cannot continue the way it's been and something's going to change one way, one way or the other. That's true. That's true. Someone um, mentioned that to me in passing a few years ago and I heard her, but I didn't realize what the next steps were about to be. So I definitely agree with that. Um, and you're right. It feels like regardless of the outcome, we are about to move through this process because there are things that have to be discussed. Absolutely. I mean, like you're seeing all of these people come out of the woodwork and they're not going to go back in. I mean, they've been made brave because of Trump. And if even if he's not president, he is still going to be their president. He's still going to be their spokesperson. He's still going to be their, their, their banner for all of the things they believe in. And that is something that we have to reconcile with. And I think that that is going to be the point where we decide who we are as a nation, how we deal with this racism that has reared its ugly head, this homophobia, all of these phobias and isms that are being shouted so loudly. Um, You know, if we are strong enough to fight it head on, you know, and I, um, the current political elite on the democratic side, I don't have faith in them at all. I think that they've been in too long and I think that they are worried more about making it to the next ticket. And, you know, they are so out of touch with who we are that they can't do it. I don't think that they're brave enough to do what needs to be done, but, you know, so I guess it depends on, who do we get in there? Who who's going to carry this banner for us? So that's where I think that's where we're at in this country right now. Is what happens next? It's shocking that it's it's not shocking. It's disgusting that it's that it's such a close race. Well, white people, white women voted for Trump. Right now, the latest number is fifty five percent, which is more than the percentage of white women that voted for him in 2016. So 
it's disgusting. And as a group, white women, we have failed again. And there's uh, a lot of anger and disgust and it's rightfully pointed at white women. It's very clear that we are not far along at all, at all. I mean, that's the feeling that that I've gotten and that my family's gotten. It's like, it's so close, it shouldn't be a nail biter. And yet at the most disgusting flip side of that coin, it is a nail biter. White people have shown again that black lives do not matter. And whether they're saying, well, like, oh, well, like religion's important to me or, oh, well, the economy is important to me. And I think that Trump is doing a great job on the economy. I'm not even going to argue the particulars of that. The response after reading like um, article in the root.com, what you're saying, for example, when you say, well, the economy is more important to me. And I think Trump's doing a really good job. You're racist. Like you're saying that things, which is the, like the economy is more important than a human life. That's what it's saying. There's a lot of work to be done. No matter no matter who wins, as we record right now, we don't know who is uh, the next president of the United States. Whoever that is, speaking white woman to white dove audience members or white women in America, we failed. No matter who is the president, it's disgusting and depressing to see these numbers come in and the overwhelming white women not voting in the interests of Black Lives Matter. Not that Joe Biden is the one, by no means. Um, I'm married to a Black cis male and he described voting for Biden is as just the voting for the lesser of two evils. So Biden and this team is are not the ones. So where do we go from here? I think as we even consider that aspect regarding like white women, right? So we still have, major events that are taking place with white women where they are not being held accountable for their harmful actions um, that are be- that are affecting the lives of young black males and older black males. So we, and this leads me to education, right? And Rainey did an excellent job talking about what that looks like within a white affluent school. So the education, once again, like, it has to come back to that because we're saying we want you to understand this. We're saying, you know, this is the proper response when you don't get your way, right? And Mm -hmm. that's why for me, I always talk about social skills because that's what it comes down to. Like this is a level of ignorance turned hatred turned system, you know? And in my opinion, They have to be held accountable. You know, when you call someone to lose their job, when you call someone to be um, held, uh, to be arrested, all of those things, they do not need to rely upon the person, the individual in which it's inflicted harm upon. The system needs to penalize them for attempting to do those wrongs by using 911 illegally. All of those things, we perpetuate that they can do whatever they want because the whole system is designed to protect them. And now we have different expectations. I I agree. I think that um, 
white women have been, I had mentioned last time I was on, you know, that I used the wrong term, but uh, was the universe of obligation, right? Mm -hmm. um, and white women have been in the center of it, you know, the center of society's obligation oh. to take care of them, right? Like they're, they're right in the center of that. And then as you go further and further outside of this, you know, um, these, these circles that are within each other, that's where you get you know, white men, and then that's where you get black women, and that's where you get black men. And, you know, I feel like, you know, there must be something where they feel like if they start inviting people of color within that circle, then they are less important. And it's almost better to throw their lot in with these men who don't have the best interest of women in mind, Mm -hmm. then throw their lot in with other marginalized people. Cause I think they can be like, but at least I'm not that marginalized. Right. At least I'm not that bad, you know? So at least I, you know, cause they know it's wrong. I think that they deep down in their heart, they know it's wrong. It's like Jane Elliott, the famous educator who did that brown eyes, blue eyes experiment. And um, you know, where she, I think you guys um, are aware of that experiment she did in the 1960s and seventies. And she goes around and she speaks now to adults and you know she has a segment where she asked everybody it was a room full of white people and she asked everybody if you would like to be treated the way black people in this country are treated stand up mm -hmm. and nobody yeah. stood up and she's like i don't think you heard me if you would like to be treated the way our black citizens are treated in this country stand up and she's like so that tells me a lot if none of you would stand up then you know it's wrong and you know you wouldn't want it for yourself but you were okay with letting it happen if none of you would trade places with another black person in this country, then you know it is wrong and you are accepting it. And I think that we're at this point in time where, um, where we have to start, I think the white women who, you know, you said 55% voted for Trump. So the 45 who didn't, that now's the time where you have to stop being quiet. You can't be undercover about this anymore. You can't, I don't want to hurt Nan's feelings anymore. Or I don't want to, you know, tick off my uncle or my dad or my brother. If you're for us, then you have to be for us now. You, there's no in between anymore. The lines have been drawn very clearly. And if you are with us, then you are with us. But you can't be you can't be lukewarm anymore. You have to make a decision. You either jump or you're not for us. And I think that's that's also what this election has brought about is there is no middle ground. There is no moderate in this. There is no, you know, oh, well, we can have difference of opinions. No, you can have a difference of opinions on where to put a bank. You can have a difference <laughs> of opinions on what to name a street. You can have a difference of opinions on people's rights. You can have a difference of opinions on whether my life matters as much or whether or not, you know, the two gay to the two lesbians down the street can get married. You don't get to have an opinion on that. We don't get to have a difference of opinions on that. You either are a decent human being or you're just fucking not. And, you know, we need to start calling it out as it is. You know, I think we use kitty gloves a lot. I think with white women, especially, you know, not to hurt fragile egos. And I think that the time for that is done now. It's time to start. I have a friend on my Facebook page who, you know, she's like, well, you know, I thank you for all my liberal friends who, you know, understand the difference of opinions. And, um, you know, and then she starts going on to this tirade about Trump. And I was like, this is not a difference of opinions. This is a difference of morality at this point. Mm. If you are still okay with this, 
if you are still okay with the thing, she's like, but the economy, again, but the economy, I was like, the, what economy can you have if people are dying? What economy can you have if everything is shitty? That doesn't right. even make any sense, right. you know? So, you know, and, and I think we have to start holding people more accountable and being like, I'm not, I'm not here for your bullshit. You're not going to gaslight me into thinking that I'm sensitive over the fact that you have let me down and you don't care about me anymore. So now is the time where we have to start drawing those firm lines in the sand because we can't be wishy-washy about this anymore. And the Democratic Party can't be wishy-washy about this anymore. Right. It has been for so long. They don't want to take a hard stance, and which is why I think they were so afraid of the squad with AOC and Tlaib and, um, and, and Bernie Sanders. They are so afraid of making those hard calls because they're like, yeah, no, this is the problem. But you know, when money's involved, it's easy to let things go. And it's time for them to go. They're too old. They shouldn't be here anymore. We need That's more. The truth. Corey Bush just got elected as well. She's so good. It's growing. And and I, I think that it's going to be, it's going to be hard. Um, they, they have a lot to go up against, you know, because as we have more people of color within, you know, these places of power, we're also going to start seeing stronger resistance, right. resistance and an outward racism that I don't think we've seen in a long time because it's this microaggressions, these things that we don't think are as bad and it's not micro anymore. It's, they're not afraid. They're here. They've already outed who they are. We know who you are. If you voted for Trump, we know exactly who you are. We know what you're about. So what is there to hide anymore? They're not gonna hide anymore. So we should neither. You're right. But um, I think it's scary. It, it is scary because, again, this is a crossroads. We are at a very, very pivotal point in this time of America, of if we're going to continue to be an America that improves and tries to be great, right? Because we've never been great. Right. But are we going to try to be great? Or are we going to slide backwards? And if we start sliding backwards, I don't know if we can come back from it. And I don't even want to think about going any further back. I really, really don't. And so that brings me to a question. So Rainy, how do you, within this time then, how do you maintain sanity? How do you maintain motherhood, who you are, the things that are important to you? How do you stay above water? It's been hard. I'm not gonna lie. It's been it's been really hard. I've been I've been having a very hard time with this. Um, you know, because you just feel kind of isolated, especially in this quarantine time. You know, where COVID is a thing and it's scary, and you know you can't just go to people's houses. But um, on election night, I did go to a friend's house. Um, a couple and a couple people were there and you know they were all people who were like-minded so you know there was hand sanitizer everywhere and you know um <laughs> you know everything was disposable no one drank out of anything like you know it was all like right, right. <laughs> but you know what i think that's what lifted my spirits it was you know some friends who i had helped with um one of my friends uh campaigns for school board i, I didn't get the chance to help as much as i wanted to because i was really worried about self-care this year um, but he was there. He was one of 
if he if he makes it, um, he would be one of the only black men ever to be on the school board for the city. Wow. Uh, and then there were a lot of white allies there and a non-binary ally who was there. And, you know, the election was on, but you know what? We just sat and we talked and we didn't talk about what was going on. We, sure. we, put, we put that down for a minute and we just talked about, look at what we've done. You know, the work that I do with the city and in the thing that I'm involved with you know, we helped get a diversity board in the city council. We helped expose all of the racism that was happening in the city. When we brought that to city council's attention and we're like, we need this. Um, all of the racists wrote all of these nasty letters in city council, like we don't need a diversity board and this, that, and the other. And the city council was like, oh my God, we've got a problem. Mm. It's bad. Like they showed their hand. So now that's on the ballot. Like they, they're making that and they're having um, applications Wow. for this diversity council to help advise the city council on things to do. In the city that has been on the news three times now in the last six months for racial issues, the wow. last one, all of those Trump train trucks um, going through and making it hard for people to go and vote at the polls. Um, the mayor of the city made a comment um, that no good black person had ever been killed by the police and was caught saying, yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, yep. 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 You look that up. That that's that's the city that you know. It's the area that you know. I'm from. You know, like you said that. So it, it's clearly a city that needs a lot of help, and and it is scary. It is scary to take on that work because it is like I've been down there, and I'm like I I should not wear my mask here. I should not wear like my Black Lives Matter mask. I should put wow. on a different because it's not that I don't believe in it, but also I have to get home to my kids. Right. And is this the hill I want to die on here? Right. Making those choices. Am I going to be here where some, you know, big dude jumps out of a truck at me and gets in my face? It's already happened. I was wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt and this guy at Costco gets in my face. He's like, all lives matter. And you know, I had this moment like, all right, do I like back off? And, you know, my kids weren't there. So I turned around and said, I didn't fucking ask you. <laughs> like, unlike me, I'm pretty non-confident. I'm pretty like, you know, let's just back up. But I was like, I had had it. But what if my kids had been there? You know, what would I have done? You know, and right. it's like, do I, do I pick these battles, you know, as a single woman and I'm all of five foot three, you know, do right. I have to shut myself up to make sure I get home? Right. And do I want to be in a place where I have to continually shut myself up right. to make sure I'm And that's what it's like in that city. So talk you know? more about that too. Like, I feel like so many of us as black women and men, but I can only speak to being a black woman, go through those, that internal debate of, do I risk my life every moment when I'm experiencing something that's, you know, unjust or humiliating or unfair, period. What makes you speak and what makes you slow to speak? It's really just looking at the situation. And, you know, I think that Black people, I think especially Black women, you know, with this idea of double consciousness and stereotype fear, you know, where your fear, you have a fear of being stereotyped, right? And 
You know, I think that we as black women have a, a particular stereotype of anything we say is misconstrued as being angry or as aggressive, you know, standing up for yourself as being a bitch. Um, mm -hmm. You know, all of the things we get misconstrued as. And um, I think that's one of the things that I'm still working on. I'm still struggling with, like, how much do I push? How much do I not? I think it really more depends on if my children are with me. If my children are with me, I am not as aggressive, like not at all. Like, cause I always think if I have to run, can I get both of these children out of the situation? You know, which I think just mothers in general need that, but you know, that is my biggest thing. Like I'm not going to say or do anything that could put, make it harder for me to get out of here with these kids. Right. And I hate that I have to do that. That I have to think that, you know, cause I like, you know, I've mentioned my children are pretty light skinned. Um, but you know, there's a target on us when I'm around them, because as soon as they see me, you can tell I'm their mother they look just like me. So, right. you know, I don't want my children to see those things, you know, like I, they have to be exposed to some things, but I'm not ready for them to be called out of their name in public like that yet. Right. You know, I'm not ready for someone to yell out the N word to my children at me and them. I don't, I want to save them from that as long as possible. Right. So those are the things I think of when I am on my own, I'm a little bit more reckless. I think um, <laughs> like, I'm a little bit like, I think I'm just, I'm just tired. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I don't, I, I, I feel my patience wearing very thin and I'm a very patient person and I right. feel like it is harder and harder to keep my mouth shut. It is harder and harder to watch this and being like, how come you get to yell all this hate and vitriol and I have to sit here and pretend like it's not as horrific as it is, that you're not a piece of shit human being, you know? Um, and then again, how many battles do I want to have every day with that? You know, where do I make sure that I have peace in my home, you know, because it hurts my heart, you know, especially when you have moments like that. And then you're waking up at night thinking I should have said this. I should have said this. I should have said this. Right. You know, I, I can't believe I let this person take this from me. I should have right. that bitch across the face for, you know, like right. stew on it, you know, and right. it has to be like, how do you let that go? And then, you know, sometimes you talk to people like, oh, well, you know, you just got to let it be like, I think that's one of the problems with being a black woman sometimes is like, you know, the things that we don't say we hold on to so much because we do bite our tongues so very much. But how I've been coping is I've been drinking a lot of beer lately. <laughs> mm. Any particular, any particular, um, I was going to say flavor, but like hops, sour. I'm, I'm a little bitch when it comes to beer. So <laughs> I mix it with lemonade. I make shandies. Yeah. Can so you I explain what a shandy is in case some people might not know what that is? When you mix beer with lemonade or lemon lime soda. Mm. And it's delicious and it goes down so easy. And then you find yourself very buzzed very quickly because you were drinking it like it is water. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's any, good. any type of beer you recommend? Um, I would say like Pilsners or like orange wheat, you know, something on the lighter side, summery, like, you know, more citrusy flavors work better with that. Um, definitely don't do it like a dark beer. That's just, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like those 
those lighter beers, any of those mix it with. Yeah. And if you go to the bar and ask them, sometimes they just give it to you for half off because, you know, you're only getting half a beer. Oh, pro tip. Yeah. Right. It's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes they mix them with like some interesting juices too. So, you know, if you have like a more tropical type of beer and you can be like, oh, well, you know, um, mix that with like, you know, that seven up and maybe some like guava or something like it gets, mm. yeah, it gets fancy. <laughs> I, that makes me think about in Mexico, they have, what are they? You guys, you gals know what I'm talking about. Micheladas? Yes. What are those again, Rainy? Micheladas is, um, when you have beer and then you have like the, um, the spices all around it, like, yes. and, like the chamoy and stuff and it's really spicy and it's really good yeah yes yes i like was picturing the um corona upside down in a mm. large yeah. beer mug yeah. oh my gosh i did like and this these are the things that make me sad when i'm like oh the quarantine but <laughs> like traveling to texaco 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 to Texas. That's what it's and, like now. It's like, oh, I went to Texaco today, guys. I went all the way to that gas station. It was crazy. Uh, I've been out in five days. Coin that, <laughs> coin that, Texaco. <laughs> Texican, Tex-Mex food is the best. Like, it's just, you can, I mean, there's so much variety in that state. And granted, that's because it's like, who knows how many New Jersey's, maybe like 32. Let's just throw a number out there. But I think that was possibly a good estimate. But we'll do the math on that later. Any of my uh, math friends out there, math geeks, you know who you are. You know you're thinking about New Jersey's within it too, the state of Texas. But anyway, I digress. So, yes, there are so many different, like, genres of Tex-Mex food. And it's so good. Like even that drink, I had a few different versions of it. Um, but I love being there. I, um, I'm like a linguistics buff. I find that really, really interesting. So food is such a huge part of culture. And it gets me excited to hear like, you know, just even how we're talking about now, like our go-tos. So mine too, because of my traveling. Mine is tequila, like that's my number. Not my go-to, hold on. I love <laughs> no alcoholic, but I love tequila. <laughs> What's your favorite Tex-Mex? What's your favorite Tex-Mex? Mm. Put you on the spot. Right, so there was this restaurant. I feel like it could have been a small, like a very tiny franchise, possibly. Um, But it was a, I haven't seen it anywhere else. I haven't been all over Mexico. So I don't know if it's there or not. I also haven't been all over the country, but the only place I've seen it was in like the Houston area. Mm -hmm. And they had this variety of like, I don't even know. It was like a fish. They all were serving a lot of seafood and it was so good the way it was prepared so sometimes it would be grilled and it would be like a full a large fish and it would be a shared like entree 
But and it the season was minimal, like you know, different cultures compared to Americans, they're all about like the true seasoning and like the things that come from the earth and using them to really create flavor with food and different texture. But it was so good just having those other spices or like cilantro with fish rather than like a red meat, you know? Mm-hmm. You're making me miss traveling. Yes, I'm going through withdrawal over here. I'm having such a hard time. You should be in Jamaica right now. Um, right? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Hey Rainy. Rainy, I you mentioned um that you were spending a lot of time with self-care. Would you mind sharing um what you meant by that and like more specifics in, in terms of what you did because I think that a lot of people are going to need that. One thing that I'm actually doing it this Saturday um you know deals on hotels are very, very cheap right now. So what I do is I go on little staycations and I go to a hotel where I normally wouldn't be able to afford with like a nice big ass tub. I go and get a bunch of products from Lush. I don't know if you guys, do you guys have Lush out there? Yes. Yes. So I go and like, you know, I'll be like, this is going to be a $20 bath, (laughs) but I'll do this and I'll get candles and like, I will just, stay in a hotel near a beach somewhere when I don't have my kids with me and I just chill the hell out like I don't need to go anywhere I order food in but it's just not my same walls you know and I can maybe go to the beach by myself socially distanced and everything but you know it's just it's just nice to just not be there and then you know bring movies or something or you know or, or um, you know, rent a movie or, you know, just do these things, do the, do, do the order in, you know, and breakfast in bed and stuff. And yes. I, just, I just chill. Like, you know, I don't, I, I, I turn off my phone unless I really want my phone. And I just, I just spend some time not here. You mm. know, I think that sometimes like my computer is here. My work is here. I work from home most of the time now. So just to not be here. And I mean, isn't there, is there anything better than sleeping on a bed that you don't have to make? Yes, right. <laughs> I mean, look at like, look at this mess back here. I've got like Amazon boxes <laughs> all day while teaching. I had to like kind of keep positioning myself. So my students, students don't see how I live. Like, right. <laughs> you know, so yeah, you know, like nice PJs and stuff. And like, I just, that is one of the biggest things I do for self-care right now is just like maybe once a month I will just go somewhere. And it's like, you know, maybe 40 miles away, maybe 80, 90, it's nothing crazy. It's just to not be here. And it seems to really rejuvenate me. I sleep sometimes a little better. You know, I'm not thinking cause I, I make sure I leave my work computer here, like at home. And that has been something that has been really awesome for me. So like disconnecting from like not just social media, but disconnecting from sensory, kind of quieting it down. Yeah. Is that how you, is that something that you experience when you take yourself out of your house, especially now that the house is now the world because of COVID? Does that help? Like, does that help you like, 
when you return, do you feel like you have more energy? How does that help you cope and, and manage your day to day? I feel like I, I feel like I am lined. I feel like for the most part, I feel like I am like a wound up like cat or something. Like, I'm just like, like just, I'm so tense. I'm so tightly coiled. I'm so, you know, with watching everything and I'm, I'm just, I'm wound really tightly And there. I can just kind of let that spring loose a lot. So when I come back, I still keep getting wound up because, you know, the endless emails as being a teacher and then, you know, going down to my parents and seeing all these Trumpers and stuff like that winds me up, but you know, I don't explode in a bad way. You know, like my way of exploding is I ate way too much and I got, you know, really drunk by myself and I listened to eighties music and danced in my underwear in a hotel room on a balcony. And <laughs> that sounds like, awesome. it was amazing by myself and I didn't have to cook anything for anybody. I didn't know, you know, I, nobody worried about me. And like, I was just doing my things and, you know, and sometimes I'll like get on Tinder and like flirt with dudes nearby. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? You know, and just, just <laughs> getting rid of like that tension. So yes. yeah, that's when I do come back and I feel like I can handle things better. I can cope with things better because I gave my body the chance to rest. Yes. I, I love I, that element of what you're saying. Like just uh, that's a huge aspect of being mindful, right? Like being able to be in the moment and not think about the past, the future, nothing at all. Completely, like you said, dancing naked or in underwear, but naked's <laughs> my preference. But, you know, like all of those things and not having a care in the world. Like I have a girlfriend and her husband and I in our own homes we don't live anywhere near each other. We have these middle of the night random dance parties. And like you said, it's like you just have to get the energy out. And you don't always want to release it in a way that requires thought. And that's also not always necessary. Just like you're saying, like you get the opportunity to fully rest and also um, really like play around with the idea of what you deserve. You deserve to take care of yourself. You deserve to think about yourself. You deserve to love yourself. Like you said, order something special, like get some attention. You would normally not even have the time to give yourself. So like, I love that. I think that's really, really cool. I think that for people that are listening um, and I've been talking to a lot of people about this, like, Think about what that looks like for you because you're always going to have that moment where it's like, oh, well, I still can't go to a hotel. No, you can't. But guess what you can do is walk to that um, park bench. And mm. that can be the space of choice where you literally escape your mind, body, and soul. And you may just be looking at how many people are walking by, you know, like, but we have to create those spaces where we do have an element of escape. Like before we hit record this evening, Brandy and I were talking about, um, you know, basically how like it still goes on and you have to figure it out within the mist and how you maneuver through. And that's always going to be an element and self-care is so important. Um, don't get me wrong. I hope this is not always an element of anyone's life, but there are going to be um, things in that you need to be able to create um, positive or not like 
necessarily positive, positive, but safe responses to. You know, I uh, I was listening to another podcast this morning and they were discussing being active in anger, you know, and I thought that was so powerful because- What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Sorry. You're fine. (laughs) Rather than like sitting because they discussed the energy and the rage, like I had that experience the other day. I was so angry about something. I can feel it just bringing it up right now. My whole, my insides become inflamed. And she was saying, you know, with that level of energy, like if you, because normally when you get to a point where you're like, I've had enough and I'm not tolerating this anymore, you begin to act. So rather than even going through the, let's say like the true pain of it, right? Where we start rehearsing and then like, we're like talking to the wall, like I wish she would have because, you know, like it's it's becoming other aspects, you know, or the other things. And it's like, actually was just that somebody knocked down your cup by accident and they were having like a random day, but you've created another story. So they're like, if, and if it isn't just whatever it is, either way, like act. So if the conversation needs to be had, if it's that you position your body so nobody can ever knock down your things again. If it's that you keep your things so close, but whatever it is, act. And I thought that was really powerful because in the midst of what we're going through, like Rainy, you touched upon that too, you know, the changes you've been able to make from acting in the midst. And it's hard, but we do, while we're acting, like you said, we do have to allow time for rest. But this is a fight and we have all, we need all hands on deck. <laughs> but this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Right. And you have to pace yourself. You, we cannot go full yes. speed at this, you know, which is why we have to afford ourselves the grace of saying, I need to take a step back. I need to take some self-care. I cannot come in charged and ready to fight every fight and just like, you know, you can't do it, you know, and that's right. where you know, even with my friend's campaign, as much as I wanted to help, it was like, I can't, I can't, there are these things, you know, um, I, somebody made this example to me, I forgot where I read it, but like, you're juggling all of these things, right? And then people keep throwing things on you and you're juggling, and you're juggling, you know, and either you keep juggling till they all fall down, or you let some things go that just aren't important. And you keep juggling the things that are, you right. know, right. children, are the things that I have to keep juggling. I can't right. drop them. My right. job thing that I need to keep juggling. Right. I can't drop them. You know, those are the things that that has to, nothing can change with that. All of these other things, as much as I want to be that superhero, that superwoman, you know, I feel like, you know, sometimes we as black women feel like we have to do all these things and we have to be perfect at it. And we have to show that we're strong and we don't show vulnerability. We don't let anybody know that we need help. You know, I know that I suffer from that a lot, you know, that, almost toxic independence. Like I don't need it. I'm fine. I can do it. I don't want anybody to think that I'm weak. And I've had to learn how to let a lot of that go because I'm juggling and I'm juggling and I'm like, I'm going to drop all of this. I can't do this. You know, I, when I am sobbing and in uncontrollable panic attacks in my house, you know, which is not like me because I have so much anxiety about everything, you know, where I'm like looking at my grading 
papers and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I don't, I just want to stop, you know, that's when I like, something's got to give, you know? So like, even with self-care, I had a conversation with my boss and I'm like, I'm dying. I'm dying with this workload. And, you know, I was like, I need help. I would have never said that. I would have never right. let my boss know that I'm having a hard time. Like right. I've got this great teacher and he was like, okay. And he looked at my grade book and he was like, you're an awesome teacher. You know, this is the work that you would do in class. You need to cut this in half. He was like, there's no way you can keep up with this. This is too much. You've got too much and you're trying to make things easier on your students and you are going to burn out. He's like, I can see you burning out already. It's October at the time. It was October. He was like, I'm looking at you in the staff meetings and you look like you want to cry. You know, he's like, that's not you. And he was like, and I, I let him look at my grade book and I was like, I need help. I need help. How do I make this better? Because I want to be a good teacher. But when I am so overwhelmed with work that I can't have my own children at home with me and I'm driving an hour one way to take them to my parents' house to watch them so they can do school with my parents. And then I'm coming home and I have an empty house that I'm working from 6 a.m. till 7 p.m. at night. And then I go to sleep and then I wake up and I do it again. And then I have my kids for a night and my daughter comes home and she's crying because she's only seen me for two nights out of the whole week because I have so much work I'm trying to get done. Like, I'm like, I can't do this. And he was like, you got to stop. He was like, and, and it was great because he did help me see those things, but I needed help. I needed help to see where I could drop some balls. And he showed me, this is where you drop this ball. You don't need to do this. These children, I needed permission. I think I needed permission for him. I needed somebody to tell me these kids are going to be okay. Your students are going to be okay if you don't get through all of this. If they don't learn what a pronoun is this year, oh, well. Like, right. Right. you know, they need you to be okay. They need you to be okay and, and ready to go. And if you are not, this isn't going to work. So right. like, that was huge. That was right. huge. And again, that was a part of my self-care was reaching for help because I don't. I'm not usually one who asks for help. I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. I know I'm drowning, but I will give myself CPR if I need to, you know, and that right. it doesn't. I think that's so important. Um, you mentioned so many like gems, Liz and I call them. But <laughs> yeah, like with um, saying that was my self-care of reaching out for help. That is such a misbelief that we can we can handle it all or that we know it all, you know? And that I think in itself is something for everyone to keep in mind. I also liked how you discussed the part about um, the S word. I don't even like the word because of the association for me as a black woman and a black girl growing up and always being told you're strong, you're strong. You're, I cannot, like when I hear that word, it makes me cringe now because I realize now that, you know, even like we, you know, we've talked about relationships before. The aspect of being so strong when you're, you know, being abused in some way. Like, do I need to be strong today? You know? And I found myself relying on that word in situations where it wasn't fair for me to, it wasn't fair for me to require that level of strength in self, you know? So it is a very interesting time. Like it, it's, 
it's a good time to reflect. But some of those times when you're by yourself, you're like, oh, wait, hold up. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go that deep, you know? <laughs> because we have I'm... no option. We're, we're in this. But for people that are doing the work, I mean, for me, being home alone, being home alone, that sounded <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> I don't need a babysitter. <laughs> I can turn on the stove by myself now. I'm okay. Calling for pizza. Right? No, being a single woman, it's just like, you can't, You make so much stuff up in your head and you walk around with all these bags and you're hunched over like... I'm I'm barely taking a step forward and you're just trying your best. But some of those bags, you're like, hey, we're not even really friends and I'm carrying you. You can get off. Hey, <laughs> like you never really liked me from the beginning and I keep trying to make you my boyfriend. You can get off, you know, and there's just so many elements that we, it's almost like a magnet. But once you begin to, like Liz and I were talking about this the other day, when you start to see things, you can't unsee it, you know? Mm. So it's a deep, it's a deep time. But if you're making good use of the time, you can really learn about self and progress. Some of y'all, 55%, I don't know what you guys have been thinking about women, but um, <laughs> they, and I don't think you've been thinking. Maybe the fact that so many people are still doing so great within this time, they're not able to see people that are being um, negatively impacted. So maybe it's the lack of thought, but obviously- or maybe, lack of, maybe it's a lack of strength. Maybe it's time for those women to be strong. True. Maybe we've been too strong and carrying them for too long. And maybe it's time for them to be stronger than us and, and, and carry a, a heavy load. Because we as Black women have, you know, like even looking, I was reading 90, 92% of Black women voted for Biden. There's no way he would be where he is without us. Uh, black men, I mean, looking at Detroit and Lansing and Flint, those are the, those are the Blackest cities in the nation. And those are the cities that turned Michigan. Madison, Wisconsin is black. It turned Michigan. All of those votes for in Fulton County in um, Atlanta, right? Like, th shout those are out black. to Kimberly Jones. Sorry. Yes. Yes. No, but absolutely. You know, like those are those. That's the strength of of black people and and you know really black women in in, in particular. You know, we 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 have come out and we have we have we have. If, if he wins, I, I truly believe, I was saying this the other day, you know, the soul of America will have been saved by the black woman. Yes. You know, just like Mississippi, when they tried to put in that pedophile, Roy, what was right. the name, Roy? You remember? And, and black woman. Not his like, name, but not. yeah, but uh, yeah, right. Tell us about that in case some people forget. Um, there was a man who was running for, I believe it was governor two years ago or no, the same time that Trump was running and just like an outright, like he had had all of these issues. He had been, um, 
you know, a, a child predator, you know, he had like, you know, um, had relationships with like a 16 year old girl. It was like ridiculous stuff. And he was on the ballot and they were going to vote because he was a Republican and that's all they cared about. And white women in that state were like, we're okay with it. And black women said, hell no. And they came out in records. And, you know, we didn't win the presidency, but for damn sure that guy did not win there. Right. And that was completely because of black women. Black women turned the tide of that. Black women were like, no, not on our watch. You're not going to do right. this. You know? And, you know, but having all of that strength, it is tiring. It is. T- and I think it's time, you know, for our white counterparts to pick up some of that and, and bear some of that load with us. Because we cannot, we cannot keep saving the soul of America. We can't do it by ourselves. Because it's not just us. You know, this country has never loved us the way it should. It's never loved us the way we deserve to be loved. You right. know, it's like, it's, it's like being in an abusive relationship, right? And we keep having the strength, like you were saying, Blue, earlier, you know, like, why do we have to continue being strong for this? How much longer do we have to be strong, hoping that, this country will make changes and become better and be better for, for us before like, this is not right. You know, and it's been 400 years and it's still not there. Right. Wow. There's never been enough white women in American history that did the right thing. Um, there's a few that you could, you know, count on your hand. Um, And by looking at stories of Americans and throughout the history, uh, one thing that I remember talking to you, Blue, about this, um, they, the white women, they exist. The problem is there's not enough. White women as a whole are racist disappointment failures, in my opinion. And if you look through history, the lesson white women, in my opinion, learn this. It's not that there weren't white women fighting for black lives. It's that there wasn't enough of us. And if enough of us did the right thing, it'd be a better nation. And another thing you said uh, uh, earlier about, well, I'm going to, it's just, I'm going to vote Republican. That's more conversations and education needs to be had white woman to white woman or white anybody. But I mean, it, the responsibility is on us white women, the 45% to speak to the 55. It's not about politics. It's about human rights. I uh, volunteer in, in our, where we live as an organization. And the point is there have been Republicans and Democrats elected officials in our state or former retired elected officials in our state working at this nonprofit, this organization for human rights, for Black Lives Matter. It's not about politics. It's about human rights. And you can call yourself a Republican. You could call yourself a Democrat and still think Black Lives Matter. Yeah, white women, you are a disappointment. We are a disappointment as a group. So where do we go from here? 
the Red Dove has decided to do more segments in the future of our screenshot of anti-racism. Blue and I were talking about this and I, I, I thought it was almost like insulting the audience to think that we still needed these um, these lessons. Like it was a waste of time or we're, we all get it, we're right, we're all on the same page. Let's, let's talk about some advanced theory. Let's, you know, no, it's very clear from this election that um, white women as a whole, there's a lot more education that needs to be done and conversations. And one thing the Red Dove is gonna start doing more segments with the screenshots. And speaking to the Red Dove Village, if you wanna share your screenshots with the Red Dove, you can email us at thereddovepodcast at gmail.com. And we'll read them on the air. Uh, all the real names would not be read because it's not about the individual. It's about the country as a whole. So we're going to hope by sharing these examples of language, of saying something, uh, will help and or inspire you white women to say something. Maybe you have trouble with language, putting it together. Maybe you're afraid, maybe you don't think that this is a real issue, whatever it is. Also, Red Dove Village, you have screenshots or stories that you'd like to send to us. So we will talk about them on the air and more examples is gonna build the lexicon. White women send screenshots. I do not trust you. I do not want an essay of that one time you did the right thing. Anybody else? send whatever you want but yeah we're going to send we're going to share screenshots again and we're going to break it down the linguistics of it advice examples how to be more effective uh here on the red dove we've always told white women you hear something you say something no matter who you are if you have the ability to speak this is something you can do uh it's the bare line minimum but it's something that we all need to be doing. That's the, uh, the Red Dove podcast at gmail.com. Uh, at Supermajority is, um, there's volunteers in Georgia and elsewhere where um, you can volunteer your time to help Georgia and the other states um, with uh, calling voters to, there's been some issues with their, with their, ballots or access and the state is reaching out to the entire country for help. And um, if you follow at Supermajority on IG, they have a link with the numbers and the resources. We're also gonna link that. Um, this is another thing you can do right now. Blue, Rainy, any, any thoughts of um, where do we go from here from now? Where do we go from now? Um, I, I think I think what you said Red Dove is going to do is exactly what I would say is, I mean, being an educator myself, education frees people. Education is freedom. Education is progress. Education is where you make America great. That's how you actually do it, is educating. And where I go from here is I keep going and I keep working with my students and I keep educating them. And I think we focus on these young people. 
I think that the older people, not that they're not totally, um, you know, um, they're not totally uh, without merit, but again, that 55% showed that a lot are. And I think that I'm going to spend my energy on the young kids because listening to my students have conversations about this election and hearing them, hearing my white girls who were like, I don't understand how white women can keep doing this. I wish I could vote. This is so stupid. How does, how does, how do people not understand that every vote counts? Like this very basic stuff that these young kids are hearing. And I really do believe that these older white women with only their own best interest in mind are going to be eventually in the next 20, 30, 40 years, the dying breed. And I think we focus on ushering in the new students, the new kids, the new young people in that work. So focus on opening doors for young kids, focus on talking to your children, focus on, um, you know, if you don't have children in your life, donating to, you know, things that help with those things, donating to education, voting in the best interest of public schools for all children, not just, you know, children who can go to private schools, right? Education is what, and every child deserves a decent and solid education. So that's where I think we go from here. I think you gals did a great job letting people know what the first steps are. Um, People should definitely walk away from tonight. I feel a little juiced, you know, motivated. So I hope other people that are listening do. And for people that do have questions about what you talked about, Rainy, I mean, I think that your, your SME aspect, right, subject matter expert of helping white affluent students understand um, social justice is it's a niche market, right? Because that is what nobody's talking about, hence the 55%. So with that being said, how can people contact you and see what you're doing to get information on how they can change the cycle in their family? Um, I think there are a couple of different ways. Um, you can contact me on, I guess, Facebook, rainy day. Um, R-A-I-N-E-Y-D-A-Y. Um, I'm the one with the purple hair. So, um, <laughs> um, and then if you want to start doing your own book research, actually, hold on. I actually have a book for young people, uh, talking about anti-racism. If I can plug that, my friend wrote this book and it's really great. Oh, awesome. oh yeah. My friend, Tiffany Jewell is a anti-racist, uh, woman of color educator. Um, she's also a Montessorian. And she wrote this book called, This Book is Anti-Racist. Mm. And workbook set for adolescents on, it's really cool, it's interactive about how they can change things in their lives, what they can do. So that has like, you know, chapter three, waking up, what is race and ethnicity? So talking about these things, um, choosing my path, how to disrupt, you know, um, how to make changes when you see bad things happening, how to interrupt how um, to, how to um, choose the path of solidarity, how to call in or call out. So this is for young people, but older people can understand this too. So this book Definitely. is, 
it's, it's, What's it's it called? This book is Anti-Racist by Tiffany Jewell. You awesome. By um, Aurelia Duran. So yeah, it's 20 lessons on how to wake up, take action, and do the work. Awesome. awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing. I'm excited. I am going to gift the book to someone. Somehow, I'll let that happen, and I'll tell you about it later, however that happens. But wow. I'm excited to check that out. Awesome. That's so generous of you. And, and read it yourselves. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's got some really great things. And, you know, it, the Kirkus review talks about it being essential and a book that brings together kids and families and teachers and administrators in this conversation for anti-racism, because it's not enough to be colorblind or to not be a racist. Anti-racism is an active thing and white women, you have to get active. You cannot be on the sidelines of this anymore. You have got to you have to act now. You have to make strides. You have to actively do this work. That's what we need from you now. If you wanna be an ally, be an ally. Don't be on the sidelines anymore. You need to get in this game.